You are listening to the Chasing PRs podcast. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Canadian elite runner and mom of three amazing daughters, Kate Baisley. Kate has won the famous Tele 10 race in Newfoundland, an impressive seven times, and she represented Canada at an international cross-country competition early this year. If you want to learn and know how she copes with injuries and how she races a lot and integrate that into her training blocks, you don't want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. Hi. We are your hosts, Rochelle Weeks and Diego Alcubierre, and with over 20 years of combined experience in coaching and physiotherapy, we created this podcast to help everyday runners who want to make the most out of their training and achieve new personal records while managing work, family, and life outside running. Welcome. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing PRs. I am Diego. And I'm Rochelle. And today we have the pleasure to interview... Kate Baisley. Baisley. Um, she's an awesome runner, an awesome human being. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun interviewing her and full of golden nuggets of wisdom. What was your biggest takeaway from the interview? So Kate's, Kate's an elite runner. She's done... Her best marathon is in the 230s. And it was really interesting to hear how she's trained all summer for a big race. And she had to very significantly change her goal and the race itself because of injury trouble. And I think a lot of runners will be able to relate to that. And how she approached it is really, really interesting. How she yeah. approached it mentally. You know, I love mental, the yeah. mental aspect of sports. Uh, for me, I think it was how she incorporates racing a lot into her schedule. Uh, I love racing. I don't race that much because I'm so focused on my goals, on my marathon, that I don't race that much, but I think I'm going to change that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, race a little she more. She does a lot of races in her builds and just swaps them out for workouts. So yeah, you don't want to miss cool. this one. So let's go into the interview. Hey, hello. Before we officially start the episode, I want to invite you to join me in a challenge I created four years ago. You know that consistency is key to improve as a runner, right? We talk about that in the podcast a lot. And that running, for me especially, and a lot of people during January here in Canada, is really, really hard. Why? Because it's really cold. It's probably very snowy. The footing is terrible. We usually have a few extra pounds in our bodies because of the holidays. I know I, I always have. So it's really hard to maintain the motivation and to stay consistent and accountable in your running. So that's why I created the 60 North Run Challenge. It's a very fun challenge you can do from anywhere in the world. And you can choose how many kilometers to run during January. It can be 60, 120, or 180 kilometers. When you join, when you register for the challenge, you can be part of this amazing community we have that encourages you, that is very motivating. And we will ship you an amazing swag kit that includes a medal, a negator, some stickers. It's, it's really, really cool. Uh, so to learn more, just go to 60northrun.ca. That's 60northrun.ca. .ca, learn more and register and join me on this amazing challenge. And if you use the coupon code CHASING during checkout, you can get $5 of your registration. So go to 60northrun.ca to learn more. I hope to see you in there. It's a very fun challenge. And let's go into today's episode. 
Hi, Kate. Welcome to Chasing PRs. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Hi, thank you for having me. I've been a fan of yours for a while. I went to Memorial University for kinesiology degree. And at the time, I believe you've won a lot of Tele10s out in Newfoundland. For the listeners who don't know, that's a, a 10-mile race in St. John's, Newfoundland. And you were just winning all the time. And I used to just admire how fast you were. And now, like over 10 years later, we have you on the podcast. So it's really cool. Yeah, well, thanks. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, from Goose Bay, but then went to school in, in St. John's. Awesome. Uh, we usually start the podcast talking about what races we are training for and how our last week of training was. So are you training for any specifically right now? Uh, yes. So I had a little bit of change of plans. I actually had a knee injury, which was an annoying one. It was like a runner's knee was all anyone kept saying, which is so <laughs> vague. You guys would know maybe more about it. But to me, it was like, what causes this? How does it get better? And it's just like, I don't know. I guess if you're ever injured, it's it's nice to know like what it is, exactly what caused it. You know, how do you rehab from it? But this was a little bit more touch and go. Okay. Um, but anyway, I was planning to do the Toronto Waterfront Marathon. And then I, you know, got this injury just before, well, mid-June. And I didn't really run again until, well, no, I ran on it for two weeks. So I could race the Tele 10, which was, I was told it was okay structurally to do so. It was painful. Anyway, after the Tele 10 end of June, I took probably five weeks off, or five weeks with a few tries at coming back, failed, failed attempts. And yeah, but I've been back training consistently since August, but it's only been, you know, the last four weeks or so that I've been doing more of like my regular training uh, in terms of volume and, and workouts and stuff. So yeah, this week was another one of those weeks coming back to like feeling myself and getting my legs under me and uh, yeah. I, I love what you say, like, it's structurally okay. I think it's the number one question we all ask our doctors or physios. Mm-hmm. Am I going to rupture it? It's going to get really bad? Or can I keep running even with, with pain, right? Yeah, especially the knee. I don't like running in pain. To me, that's not fun. Um, it's only because I had this race, which here is, you know, it's a bigger goal for the year. And I was told it's going to be fine structurally. It's going to be uncomfortable. So if you want to run through the pain, you know, in the lead up and in the race, it was safe to do so. And I heard that from a physiotherapist and a sports med doc. So I decided to do that. And uh, yeah, and then I had to take time off. And how did the race go? You know, I think the race was actually really, I feel like it was one of my better races performance wise, but it was a really hot day. So we had been having a terrible June. I mean, it was like seven degrees Celsius, rain all the time. It was horrible. And then that day was like the first day. It was at the race and it was 21, felt like 24. The sun was coming out. So everyone who raced said it was probably the hardest year weather-wise. We've had a lot of hot races for the Tele 10, but usually you've ran in the heat for, you know, three or four weeks. I know. This was really just like smack in the face. But yeah, I, I won my seventh telly and I was third overall. So, you know, it was nice to be up close to the guys. Was I third or fourth overall? I, I placed well amongst two who was racing. 
And I really had to like dig deep to not fall apart that race because I was suffering. So yeah, it went well. And can, can we talk a little about what the Telly 10 is? Because you know what it is, Rochelle. And it's a very thing from Newfoundland. And, mm -hmm. But I think most most Canada not, don't really know what it is. Uh, because it's really famous there. You've won it a bunch of times. Why is it like so appealing or so famous? And why do you love that race? Yeah, no, it is pretty famous. And actually, when, I, when I've traveled and a lot of the runners from around Canada, like a bunch of the Olympians and that, have heard about it. And they'll say like, oh, I, I always want to come and do that. It was just me then. <laughs> Sorry about that. But it's, it's really, it is a big race here. It's, you know, it's our big race. It's the oldest, second oldest race in North America. Wow. So like a hundred years, you know, with exception to like the war taking a break in COVID. It's been the longest running or second longest in North America. I should know. Yeah. So it's 10 miles and it runs from, you know, a town, a couple of towns over Paradise and St. John's and... Yeah, it's just her big race, which, you know, it's mile. No one here really uses miles so much being in Canada. It's all kilometers. Mm -hmm. You know, all the races are kilometers, but this one, I don't know. Just, it's stuck. That's stuck. really cool. You did it once? I didn't really train for it. I was in university and didn't have time to run, and I just, like, signed up a week before, so it didn't go very well. <laughs> this was, like, 12, 14 years ago, but it was so much fun. Yeah. And then you you... You had a couple of kids and you took a break from running. Well, okay. So I've had three. Okay. Uh, Not a couple. <laughs> I never really had a break only for having the children and maybe some things that came along with that. But I didn't decide, okay, I'm going to, you know, take a break for a year and, and do this whole thing. And every pregnancy was different and, and the postpartums were all different. So running you know, while pregnant and after each baby looked different for each one. And I kind of just went with whatever that was in each situation. And so, yeah, they were all different, but not like planned breaks, but there was definitely some, you know, forced breaks or breaks that made, you know, the most sense to take with those. And did, did your training after these, your three kids have changed a lot? before or after? I think, you know, I only started doing marathons after I've had had the kids. So okay, my cool. did change or I took on more of like the longer runs and, and marathon type training. Yeah, but overall, you know, it didn't change too much in terms of, you know, a couple workouts a week and you do your long run and your recovery runs and all that. But yeah, it was only after I had my first child that I, I did my first marathon. So I guess it was like a rebirth of, of, of that for me. It's, right now. it's really interesting to, to hear that, that like your core structure didn't change that much. Maybe your body adapted and changed it, but the core structure didn't. I think that's very interesting too. Oh no, things, things change. Like I definitely have like some diet, what is it called? Diastis recti or whatever. Yeah. I've separated a bit. I sometimes, yeah, I've had like a few funny things that I've noticed were different post baby. But once I got back in my feet after my first, my first daughter was born. So she was born March. And then it was August. I was really back running regularly in September. I was like, okay, let's look for a marathon. I want to do a marathon. 
And so then I ran my first marathon at January of the following year. So she wow. was like, well, and no expectations. I went to Houston and yeah, I was still nursing and all that. And yeah, I ran there at a 240 marathon and placed seventh and it was hard, but fun. And then, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> you got the mom strength. Yeah, maybe a bit. Yeah. I think I always, I'm always impressed by people like you that run their first marathon. It's a 240 marathon in your case. How did you plan for that time or how did you train for that? Or how did that time come to fruit, 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 fruit? Fruition. Fruition. Yeah. Sorry, thanks. Sorry. Yeah. So I, so I've run five marathons and I feel like I haven't really run one yet. That is like my marathon, but they've all been like, okay, or pretty good. They've all been pretty similar, but for each one, I kind of do the training as best I can. And then I kind of get the goal. It's a doorbell. I kind of set the goal based on the training as opposed to setting the training based on the goal. Okay, um, cool. You know, you have a goal in your head after you've done some, but for the first one, yeah, it was new to me. You know, I was doing these long runs and, you know, four by 5K and all this new stuff. And yeah, it was only like, you know, I was probably in the hotel talking to my coach who was then saying, I think you could run this or you should run this. And I don't really get my, my goal pace until really close to the race day, even okay. though and I kind of what that's going to look like. But, but it's impressive that your, your first goal or your first training block was for a 240 marathon. I think most runners is, if I can run a four-hour marathon, I'm, I'm be super <laughs> happy. Before running marathons, what distances did you run competitively or, or as, a, as an elite? Yeah, so all all the distances, you know, 5K up to the half marathon. I won the Canadian Half Marathon Championships 2012, and then I had Amelia 2013. So, you know, I had done all kinds of distances. I had been on a few Canadian cross-country teams, going to like NACAC competitions and stuff, which is North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. So, yeah, I kind of just race whatever. Yeah, so all distances. That, 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 that's really cool that we always talk about like being a complete athlete or in this case, a complete run, runner that running cross country, 10Ks, half marathons, and then jumping to a marathon. Do you think that, that approach helps you to maximize your potential as a runner? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, at least when you're running sort of with all these goals and doing all these races nationally and some internationally, I think. And, and if it's, you know, of your interest to try a marathon and sort of try, it's a, it's a different type of build, you know, with the shorter races, you can race them more often. You know, if I had like that knee injury, say you can still come back sooner to do another 10 K whereas a marathon, you know, requires a lot of time dedicated to that one race. So yeah, I think I think it's you know beneficial to kind of experience that as a runner, and whether or not you know you then say okay I like this or I'm going to set new goals with the marathon or you know I'll take the strength and the knowledge I gained from that, but I want to kind of do more faster, shorter stuff. But I don't think there's much of a downside to trying it if your body's able to handle it. Yeah, for sure. Do you have anything on schedule now? So Toronto, I guess, is off the table, is it? Like you won't do that because of the knee injury? Uh, so I did my first long run 
in August. I was actually camping with the family and it was just going to be 25 kilometers, which in a normal build, like mid build would be like a, a midweek medium long run. So I did this 25K and I was just, oh, I felt it. You know, I was feeling it the whole time. And I thought there's no way like I'll be able to run it as well as I want to. You know, my coach told me basically, and he's always like right on with his predictions for paces and, and what I can run. And he kind of gave me a ballpark of what he thought we'd be training towards, which is basically what I've run every other marathon in. And I was now I've been in shape, run a bit quicker, but it hasn't worked out. So I definitely want to go into my next marathon, you know, with my goals set a little bit higher and, and feel confident that I can reach those goals. So we said, you know, we'd pull back from that, but I am planning to go up for the half marathon. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I find very interesting how chill you are about all your goals, <laughs> about how fast you run about your injury and we see a lot of runners and all of our listeners struggle mentally when they have an injure, injury like I'm not going to be able to do my marathon and they just get depressed or super bummed about it and you you seem very chill about it how, how do you manage to be so chill being an elite athlete and not being able to run your A race this fall what like your do you have any like mental tricks or that's just the way you are I think it's the way I am. And it's funny you say that because I feel like I noticed that about myself. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm a little bit older and I've had a lot of injuries, not a lot. I've had my fair share and I've had these pregnancies and, and, and a couple surgeries and other things. And yeah, you know, I know a lot of people that run in the community and, you know, they get an injury for a few days and it's like so much. The end of the world. Yeah. And You know, I think when I, I'm disappointed when it happens, but if it happens, it happens. And then, okay, well, what do we do now? And I, I don't really, you know, go to the gym the next day to like kill myself cross training. I like to take a week, two weeks, try to let whatever, you know, is hurt to rest as best it can and just focus on how do I help the injury heal? So whether that's, you know, foam rolling or massage, you know, going to physio, sports med doc, whatever, but then just sort of letting the body do what it needs to do to heal. And then I would, you know, incorporate some, some exercises. So I'm trying to look after I come back to running, what's going to help me. So focus on the strength, the little things, the imbalances. And then, and then I'm, you know, I might add cross training, but I know after having been off so many times that the fitness does come back and yeah, so I don't stress about it. It is what it is. I just try to do the best I can with what I'm given at the time and see the big picture goals. And I've always come back. So <laughs> just carry on. I, I love it. Thanks for sharing that. I feel like this is really helpful for a lot of people because the I see mostly runners at the clinic here in Ottawa, but I know there's so many runners that can relate who are listening to this now who have a big A race. And then I've had the conversation where they're training for a marathon. And then I'm saying, you know what, I, because of that injury and you were set back, I think you'd be better off doing the half. It's the difference between struggling and having a really crappy marathon versus really having a good half marathon. Or maybe they've been training for a half and I'm encouraging them to go to a 10 
because the mileage and the training isn't there, but they could be successful at the shorter distance or just have a really bad day at the longer one. And some of them are like you and they're like, okay, new goal, new race. I'm okay. And they, they just go with it. And others are like devastated and they cancel the race and they're like not doing anything. So it's nice. I think it's very, you're kind of leading by example by being like, okay, you know, what is it the saying? Make lemonade out of lemons. Like you're, you can't do the full, but you're going to do the half and you'll probably go have a really good time because it's a distance that your body can manage right now. Whereas the full, maybe not. Well, exactly. I wouldn't have had the time to get in the proper training because I had to build back, you know, smart, like in a smart way, not just be like, go run 30, 32K. Like I wasn't going to do that off the hop. I'm not even up to that distance yet. I'm still at 25K long run. So, so yeah, I just, you know, it was definitely disappointing. I was looking forward to that since last year. But like I said, there's always more races, hopefully. So yeah, just shift and, and what looks best now. Yeah. yeah. And another thing you mentioned, I think very important is working on your imbalances or your weaknesses during that time. When we are so focused on a build, we forget about that. And if you take a step back and you're working on your weakest link, mm-hmm. you, you, you become a better runner after, after that injury or, or that setup. Yeah. And I just don't really love cross training. So I think <laughs> after a while, you know, you do feel like, okay, I feel like I would like to get my heart rate up or, or, you know, get a little sweaty, but yeah, I really love running outside, being outside. So to go to the gym and, and cross train is for, and then it also feels less beneficial to me than, than doing a lot of the other stuff at the time. Now it comes to, a, if you have to take a really long break, then maybe you do both. But yeah, it's not my primary fo- focus. Just keep cardio up because that'll come back. Exactly. I asked Melindy this, so I'm curious your answer. Do you, and and ignore the fact that I'm a physio, so you know what my opinion is going to be here. But as you've aged, have you incorporated more strength training into your routine? Like do you lump strength training in with cross training or is strength something that you're doing regularly with your marathon training? Yeah, no, I, I don't lump it in with cross training. In my mind, cross training is really like the cardiovascular system getting going and getting your heart rate up, which you can do in strength training, of course, but you know, it's different. My strength training doesn't really probably look like a lot of what people consider strength training. I could probably do better. I do it all at home, mostly all body weight sort of thing, one-legged things. Yeah, but I try to do that. Like I just ran and then I did like three sets of two exercises. Right. So I'll try to do, try to do it here and there, like almost daily, but I don't really go in and do these giant sessions for like two at the gym. It's more like a daily thing that I've incorporated and it makes my body usually feel pretty good. You know, it adds to mobility and yeah, I just feel better when I'm doing it. I think you're very happy of listening to that, like not big lumps of strength training, just Adding, adding them into your routine. Yeah, and that's like some people I meet, especially masters runners, and they're injury prone. I'll try to get them strength training more regularly. And if they just don't have time, that's one of the tips I'll give them is just take like five, ten minutes, five, six days a week, and just do a little amount of strength each day instead of doing like a forty-five minute session twice a week, which really blasts your legs. Yeah, well, these take me a long time. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very slow at them because I try to have like you know, proper form and 
you know, it's like a lot of plank or, I mean, you know, all the stuff, but like glute work and all that. But yeah, I mean, you can do quite a bit in 20 minutes. And then, you know, if you have 45 to 60, I can just do, you know, six exercises. Yeah. Resets of each one. So yeah, I like to do them as much as I can. Well, not as much as I can, but it's like, I don't want to be on dead legs all the time, but the right amount that feels like I'm, you know, activating those muscles and helping my mobility and stuff. Perfect. And with, with three kids, how do you balance being a mom, a family, training? I don't know. Do you have a, a full-time job or something like that? Yeah. So. Well, being a mom is a full-time job. I know. Yeah. It works out really nicely for our family. I was teaching full-time, but then after I had my first baby, we moved away when she was three weeks old. And at the time here in the province, you know, teaching jobs full-time were hard to come by. So you start by substituting. So I was letting go of, you know, position here in town. And I don't know. It's just my husband does shift work. So the childcare would be really tricky. I just, you know, we're fortunate that it worked out that I can be home with the kids. So yeah, I've been home, like a home mom <laughs> since I had them. So that helps. Yeah. With the family life and the training and being able to, to juggle it all. Because when they come home to 30, they're in probably too many activities right now, but <laughs> We're just flat out and I'm solo parenting, um, not solo parenting, but you know, my husband's working a lot. So, so yeah, I have those school hours now after I get them off, that's when I would do any training, any of that, that wonderful strength exercises, those strength exercises and, and then anything that needs to be done you know, family life, groceries, laundry, stuff like that. I like to have that done because we're so busy after school. Yeah. And during the weekends, your long runs, how, how do they work? Yeah. So the long runs have been tricky because now the uh, Saturdays and Sundays are just jammed with activities. And I'd say half the weekends I'm alone trying to, you know, get the kids to all this stuff. So this year we actually just changed it a couple of weeks ago. My long run is now Wednesdays. Okay. It, it's in best for us. And then I'm doing two speed workouts Mondays and Fridays. So those are my three main sessions. I'm fortunate I can fit them in the week. So mm -hmm. then and runs, they're not as long. They're easy runs or recovery runs. So, you know, if I have to do them at 5 p.m. or while while I'm at an activity, like last Sunday, I, I did a recovery run while my daughter was at a soccer camp. So... Yeah, it's what works for us. Well, the, it's interesting how you move your your schedule to to fit on your life. It's mm -hmm. it's something we all parents need to do somehow. And I feel some people don't know. Some people get into running injury trouble because they'll do that, but then they'll put their speed work the day before a long run. So you still spread out and prioritize yeah. a little bit of recovery in between, right? Yeah. So we used to do Tuesday, Friday workouts, Sunday long run. That was like your yeah. week. And now. It's basically Friday, Monday workouts. Wednesday, yep. so it's, it was hard. It's almost hard to wrap your brain around it when you're when you've done Sunday long run for so many years. That it's going to be Wednesday now, but yeah, I think it's good. And and then when I start doing, you know, some marathon stuff, 
doing 30, 35K, I can get that and then, you know, give the kids my full attention when they come home as opposed to just, I mean, I used to do some, I remember doing a 40K run. I was done by 9.30. I had the kids, down at the soccer field by 10, just flat out. And it's not ideal. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Do you do most of your training alone? No. Well, I do, I do, I do a good bit alone but i have a training partner jennifer baron has become like you know my best friend we've run together almost every workout and a lot of easy days um the last two or three years so that's just been awesome to have her so much fun we have so much fun and then peter my husband who does shift work if he's not working or he's able to come join me or join us he'll come But other than that, we're on a schedule that no one else is really on. You know, most most people have to go before work or not at 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And that that was going to be part of my our next question. Your like your support system, how I guess your family is very integrated into your running. But other than your you have one daughter and the other two are are also daughters. Three daughters. All all daughters. (laughs) Since they were born, you were running, your husband is with you. How do you incorporate them into your, into your training? Do, you, do, they, do they travel with you to races? They don't like it? You don't like it? How does that family running work? Uh, it's just kind of all they know, and they don't even, you know, if I'm going for a run. It's not like they don't complain or they don't ask you to not go. It's just, okay, like mommy's going for a run, or after mommy's run, we're going to do this. So they're accommodating to that to let me kind of get that that little bit of time and then and then they know that you know my time is theirs yeah so sort of what they know they don't really come to many races because it's so expensive i know peter i went to world cross country championships this year in australia and he actually came up and watched that race and then hung out for a week after so that was nice. Um, but generally, I sort of kind of take off on my own and try to make it like short but sweet. I just kind of burn in a night or two before a race. And then as soon as the race is over, get back. That's really cool. It's, it's funny because we're both training for Chicago right now. And you're doing more of the take the whole family. Yeah. You're going for a week. I'm doing more of the I'm just going to do direct flight from Ottawa to Chicago, do the race and then come back like the next the day after. But there's pros and cons to both, I think, because, you know, I've been training so much. I feel like I can't leave for too long. I have a six-year-old. But I also like the way Diego's doing it, where you get the whole family involved and they'll be at the finish line and then you get to hang out there for a little bit afterwards. So I'd love to do that. And maybe maybe one of these days we'll all make it a trip. But I mean, for five people. Yeah. Now in Newfoundland, as you know, is like so expensive. We can't go anywhere, you know, for a decent price. So... Yeah, taking all that into account, most of the time, it just makes sense to just go do that. But they come to the races when they can here at home. And I like to try to do all the local races that I can. So, I mean, they've seen they've seen me run and, and race. Mm-hmm. And, and my daughter, my youngest, she's six now. She always, you know, I did a cross-country race here at the end of August. And, and I was third overall, first female. I think I, someone said, you know, I won. And she's like, no, she was third. <laughs> Kids are your worst. Oh, yeah. 
They're very honest. Exactly. They'll tell the truth. Do they do they run too, Kate? Because I know your husband, Peter, is quite an accomplished runner. I remember seeing him run when I was living in Newfoundland. So did they did they pick up the good running genes you guys have? Are they liking running or are they into other things? For kids, I am coaching at their school, the cross-country running team. And I did the track team for the school last year. They're really short, like little seasons with not a lot of practice. And then you do, you know, your, your races. It's a lot of fun. But kids are always kind of training. They go outside all the time. They're just running. Yeah. So to, to go for a run, I think they're a bit young for that. But they're very competitive. One of them in particular just has like the most beautiful running form. It's just so easy for her. I'm just, yeah. I'm just in awe, but we'll see if she, you know, ends up liking it. But they're very active. They love soccer. They love swimming. They're on all these you know, teams and in these activities. So we'll see if they come in. Yeah. There's nothing I'm going to push or especially not in these, in these young ages. Oh no, when mom and dad mm -hmm. tell something, they don't want to do exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. Like a lot of the kids who've got a diverse activity schedule growing up, they do so much better in whatever sport they decide to choose when they're older and they're injured much less. So a lot of runners that I see who have been running their whole life and they were really into running when they were in school, if that's all they did, they're much more prone to stress fractures and injuries than the people who like played basketball or soccer or swam and did other kind of sports. So it's nice that they've got a wide variety of interests. Yeah, they definitely do. And, and they're kind of giving a bunch of stuff a go. And, and right now, soccer is the big, big hit in, that, in our house. So that's I'm awesome. Going to watch the game and go into their activities. So. I've, I've been finding very interesting hearing you that you do a lot of races, like this cross country and 10K and a 10 miler. How, how do you incorporate that into your training? It, yeah, I think how not many people race that much during training for the Toronto Marathon, for example. Yeah, uh, I love racing. I just, I love racing. I love going out and there's so many people and it's just such good energy. And, you know, you can incorporate it into your training. Every race doesn't have to be a goal. I'll do races when I'm not in good shape for me or I'm coming back, including the telly I've done. And I just know, you know, okay, I'm not going to run a personal best here, but I'm going to do my best and I'm going to get benefit from. What happened? There we go. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Yeah, we, I think we, that you love races and you, you, you can't PB on all of those, but you're going to go and do your best. And yeah. there, I think we, we stay there. Yeah. I just find that I get excited about future races when I race. So if I'm doing the Toronto half marathon, for example, you know, I'm, I'm still building to hopefully have a, a decent performance there because I'm, I'm working myself back up, but I'm happy to go and I feel like I can give it a good shot. So I'll do the races here. I did a 10 K here last weekend, actually. It's super hardcores. I did that. And I feel like it's just good. It's good training. It's like a good in, in, in place of a workout. Yeah. You get to run with people. And, and there's another 10K here in a couple of weeks that I'll probably do. And yeah. So I'll put them in the calendar. And do, do you switch any like workout for, for the race or just add more? Well, you know, the last one I did. I did do like a small type workout. So I did the Monday and Friday workout. I mean, I did the race Sunday 
but then I didn't do another workout. Well, I did my long run that following Wednesday. So yeah, it does take the place, but I'm not going to taper or have, I'm not going to build for all these races and come up and down Mm -hmm. and taper. It's sort of like you train through most of them. And then you have kind of like your, your main race, your main big goals, your big races. Yeah. So those are the ones that will get all that attention and focus for racing just changing a few workouts Mm -hmm. there and And i feel like a lot of people practicing racing is a big deal like learning to hurt and push through and strategizing Mm -hmm. so you get a lot of practice being in like the pain cave as they say before your big a race comes up totally it's so much so like mental racing i find and and like you said getting in uh, getting comfortable being uncomfortable and there's no better way to practice that than in a race you know, so like, can't, I mean, I don't quit a workout anyway, but it's, <laughs> you know, in a race, you really yeah, yeah. get through it all as best you can. And yeah, it's good practice. Yeah. And I think we have a couple of questions. Thanks. Thanks for your time. One is how does your biggest week in a marathon bill looks like? How, how long is your long run? How long is your like weekly mileage? Yeah. So my mileage actually hasn't been crazy i think i'll get up to like 100 usually around like 130 that sort of thing and for this last build what i was gonna do was maybe try a a few short doubles i've never done that i do one run a day which works for me that's what i like so you know maybe i'll get up a little bit higher but yeah i'm usually around 130 140 and my long run Will be anywhere from like 30 to 40 kilometers. I mean, 140 kilometers a week, and you're not doing double long run, you would train every day. Actually, a lot of that, I'll actually have a rest day. So, yeah, I, probably when I'm around 140s, that's every day, but I you know I can do up in the 120s, 130, and that would just be one run per day. <laughs> if I was doing doubles, you know, if if my husband was working that evening, I mean, certainly years past, they're only six, eight, and 10 now, the kids, you know, need someone to come watch them or, I don't know, we're just busy. So doing the once a day is, has been working great. And when I was maybe going to take on trying doubles, it was going to be more of like when it was convenient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think our last question will be for tips for everyday runner. I don't think any I run one forty kilometers per week or have all their, their morning. What would you tell everyday runners that want to improve the running? Um, I think I would tell them to, it's almost like a puzzle, you know, build up to a race. So every run is almost like a little piece to that puzzle. Or if you're doing strength training or stretching, it all sort of adds up to the big picture. And, you know, if you only have 30 minutes, you might say, oh, I don't have time. But I mean, a 30-minute run is still a 30 minute run or, or whatever time you have is still beneficial. Or if you can use that 30 minutes, you know, I'm going to do a little foam rolling or whatever to sort of help in your training. I think anything like that, that sort of mindset of, you know, using what time you have. And then a lot of it is just, I mean, it's all relative, but I think if you can mentally learn to get uncomfortable you know, a couple times a week and you're running, that's going to help you improve. 
and, you know, getting comfortable being uncomfortable and that feeling. And then you'll, you know, you might feel a little bit more brave when it comes to your race to sort of push because you, you know that feeling and you know you can handle that feeling of being uncomfortable, but you know you can handle it. And oh, I think you were like, very interesting. Just do whatever you can. Don't get, I think my biggest learning from working to you today is chill out. Oh, I mean, and maybe I should not chill out so much. Like I still <laughs> have never programmed a workout into my watch. So I'm always doing, you know, adding math in my head and like pressing lap and doing all this old school stuff. But I don't know, it's kind of what I like. And yeah, I try not to overthink too much. I mean, hard work is hard work. You know, if it's yesterday was 60 kilometer winds, Gus too, and I did a workout and, you know, I said to Jen, well, effort is effort. So we're going to go out and we're going to do the workout and we're still going to get the benefits. doesn't matter that our Garmin might say we were a bit slow in, you know, whatever rep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, chill out. It's yeah. a good approach. I love it. Do you have any final question? I don't think I'm just. So thankful that you were able to come on and join us today, Kate. I think listeners will learn a lot from this. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you love it, give it a share. Please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And visit chasingprs.run for all the latest episodes, get our free newsletter, and all the cool running stuff we have there. Thanks for joining.